All right, we are going live in three, two, one. Please remember the views and opinions expressed by this show or any other show on DV Radio and its guests are strictly those of said individuals and do not reflect those of the DV Radio staff nor the staff of dysfunctional veterans. The following includes conversation relating to cryptocurrency. The information provided and discussed is strictly for educational and informational purposes only. Any use of any information is done so at your own risk. DV Radio LLC, as well as the hosts and guests of the show, take no responsibility if you wish to use any of the information in your daily life. Again, the topics discussed are strictly for informational and educational purposes only. I am Chris, the CEO. My name is Paul. I'm the COO. I am Chris, a.k.a. Little Chris, the Chief Technical Officer of Affinity Innovations. Our long show, we will talk about Affinity, crypto in general, EFI, blockchain technology, technology, uh, and just talk about anything, whatever the hell we feel like talking about. Get to know us at a little more personal level. Babbling nonsense. Is there cursing <laughs> rules or anything? No, you say whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> I think they'd be more worried if you didn't curse. <laughs> show me the money. Show me the money! Yeah, Paul. Oh, what? Oh, what? <laughs> you know, it's one thing that was more of a bitch than the weather in Las Vegas. Um, I'm going to say no, I don't know. That Chris is a bitch. Gotcha, bitch. Emotional damage. <laughs> you, Chris. Didn't even let me get the intro in. <laughs> I mean, look, the man, the man wanted to get on the podcast and just start speaking facts. Right? You can't be mad at him. All right, before anybody else nature to tell the truth. Before, before anybody else starts spitting bullshit around here, uh you're listening to a fairy protocol on DV DVR. Nope. Uh, I'm sorry, DV radio.net. You got me all fucked up now. Uh and on Twitch. Uh we're live right now. Uh gonna talk about uh our trip to DEFCON. We got Tiff and her husband also on as guests today, so excited to talk to them. Uh, especially Tiff once again, and and thank you for her husband Rob to coming on for coming on to join us tonight. What's up, y'all? Oh, go ahead now. Now you can continue with your uh, your nonsense. Little nonsense. Chris, facts. They're few, but they carry great weight. <laughs> <laughs> that means he is big, bitch. Man, oh, uh, hey, we gotta we gotta come up with a nickname for Rob while we're on here too. So, and also, Rob, no pressure. The first time your wife was on here, she made enough of an impact to be on the intro. So, like, you gotta say something mad funny so we have a reason to edit the intro and get you on there too. Big shoes to fill. I, uh, you know, I don't like to try and follow that act. No pressure. No pressure. <laughs> That's great. I mean, we appreciate you joining us. Uh, before, before we get into anything though, since we do have some guests, uh, I know some people may, if, I mean, if you're in our telegram, you, you know, she is, um, uh, may not know Tiff, but for those of you who are new listeners or, or not in our telegram or not really around, you don't know who Tiff is and, and her, uh, and her husband, uh, Rob, like I said, uh, I'm going to give them a second to kind of just say a little something about themselves, who they are, what they like to do and how much they, they love me. Right. <laughs> Right, long <laughs> walks on the beach. Um, well, easy yeah. for me. I'm a veteran, so I was in the navy. I was in the army, and now I'm in neither of those things. So <laughs> that pretty much sums it up. Was it navy first, then army? 
It was, and I would, I was, I, I feel much closer to the Navy than I ever did the Army. So, I, I consider myself ex-Navy. I feel like I, I really feel like either you or Tiff has said this before. But what did you do in the Navy? I fixed airplanes, uh, electronics. Oh, oh see now, now you're trying to appeal to like. Oh, see, you try to appeal to lots of people in this core team because you got me as prior Navy and you got Chris as prior Air Force mechanic. So, I mean, I'm probably closer to, to the Air Force because I, I didn't I was not ship's company. I never even stepped foot on a ship, really. There was like a three week real Navy fantasy camp thing while the freaking boat was in dry dock or where it was in port, I should say. And um, <laughs> you could go on there and. <laughs> For three weeks and like see what it's like to be in the real navy i was not interested after three days i was out of there so no thank you i right, hold, hold up though hold up i got now i got now i got a bone to pick with tiff <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. so tiff hold up now let me get this right better watch your, that bone. <laughs> your your husband your husband rob great guy yes. by the way your husband rob yeah. former navy former mm-hmm. aircraft mechanic no uh, not electrician Former aircraft Air- electrician. Not a mess. No. Former aircraft worked on, worked on aircraft. True. <laughs> I should also say that now that we're live, I have COVID, so I apologize for any of the noises you hear coming from my end. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, plays video games. Uh, also where you been? True. Where you been hiding this guy from us from? Why? Because I don't know anything about crypto, and I I don't really care about crypto. That's all right. We can, we can we can play we can games. You. <laughs> no, no, I hate I hate all that stuff. I'm not into that stuff. Yeah, he's usually if I'm doing crypto or on Affinity Friday, he's usually playing or streaming something else. Yeah, I do my own thing. No, that's cool, and we we can uh, appreciate that, and I like that because it's good to have obviously different viewpoints, right? You got people that are really into it, like, and they got the people that are just in it for whatever kind of money they can flip real quick. People that really love the technology piece of it. And then people that just can't stand it don't, or don't understand it or whatever they want. I like it. I'm smart enough to realize that that my wife, she, she's really good at this. So I I take, she, she knows this in and out. Like she's always ahead of the curve on almost every single thing. So but um yeah he's just like i trust you do what you want but yeah, yeah, yeah. he doesn't want anything to do with it <laughs> I, I i way i'm way out of my death i know what i'm good at and anything financial no and especially something like this definitely no it's like to me it's just straight up gambling which i'm also terrible at <laughs> no that's awesome. It's I mean, kind of the flip of me and my wife. Same thing. Like I'm the financial person, obviously crypto and all that, and she doesn't care and doesn't want to care about it. But I, I'm, I'm, I, I, I can appreciate the, you know, the depth to it and the strategies behind all of it. Like I, I'm not tri- definitely don't wouldn't trivialize it in any way. I just I understand that it's not my place to make you know calls on it. That's all. Fair enough. Fair enough, I get it. So I, I want to just touch back on this real quick on the the, the aircraft uh, electrician side of things because I know in the Air Force we were, they were called E and E, they were electro environmental. Um, was A E aviation electrician? Okay, okay. So you're on eighteens. Uh, I would no. There was a there was a squadron of there was a Marine squadron of those right next in the hangar next to us. But no, I was on a C one thirties, which oh, okay. is like a. 
This is a really classic plane. Almost every time you see a cargo plane in the, in the a movie, any movie, it's almost always a C one thirty. Oh yeah, the four, it's got four props on it. You can open the back door, you know, open the bay door and jump people or tanks. Very, very familiar with the C one thirty platform. Okay, there you go. But I was uh, I was avionics on F fifteen, so I didn't work on C one thirties, but very familiar. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, there you go. We would sometimes they can like fold up wings and carry those things in our so I think we can carry two of them. Those things are awesome. So yeah, or they take the wings off or whatever, they fold them on the sides, and you can carry all all kinds of stuff. That's a badass aircraft. No, that's that's cool, man. That's that's. How long did you do that? Four years. Beautiful. You had a better job than Paul did. That's what? for sure. It was awesome. It was really cool. I love the Navy, actually. Yeah, when he got out, he ended up working on the space shuttle for a while. Yeah, all that in between. Yeah, help. that's the only reason I went. That's the only reason I left it, actually, was to go work at NASA. Uh, you know, USA, whatever. Oh, shit. Never, Again, Tiff, boy, where you been hiding this guy? <laughs> Is this your bones to pick, or do I got to wait for something else to come out here in a minute? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one day we'll all have a affinity reunion and meet everybody. Damn right. Damn right. Just if this friggin' economy didn't crash on us, it would have probably already happened. But yeah, we can't beat, crazy. beat that drum for the next, uh, you know, for the last year and a half. Yeah. But. Anyway, so let's get down to... Oh, Hold so, up, Chris. So, yeah, I'm going to yeah. pause you there for a second. No, no. Wait, why am I getting feedback? Because you a bitch? <laughs> <laughs> like, what kind of feedback? I don't know. Nobody else was getting that feedback when I was talking? Well, you were echoing, so... Yeah, that's why I don't understand where that was coming from. How bad? All right. Go ahead, Chris. Testing. All right. Is it good? Yeah, I think I might be coming through your mic. Are you guys in the same room? No. Oh. <laughs> God, no. I don't know. Spent enough time around him the last four, five days. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Chris, I'll be quiet so I don't echo. You guys say what you got to say. I was just going to say, this is also streaming in Telegram. Oh, it is? Yes. Telegram? Oh. Yeah, for the first time ever, huh? And there's nobody in there. <laughs> I can see. I'm usually, usually one of the ones typing away while y'all are talking, so I'm I'm not now. My phone can't do that many things. <laughs> All right, that's cool. That's cool. I like that. That's that's a good thought. All right, so we got a Telegram, Twitch, DV Radio, and we got to get it up on YouTube and everything for for next time too. Oh, there you go. All right. And somehow Tiff's iPhone 2 was handling this. Yep. <laughs> I like it. You wish you had an iPhone 2. <laughs> I, I'm not even an iPhone person, so I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> what do you have? Uh, I have, well, I, it's funny, I do I have two phones. One for work is an iPhone. The other one, my personal phone is a Pixel 6. Yeah. You like it better? Not when I'm trying to use the map feature to walk around Vegas. 
shit got us mad lost multiple times. <laughs> There's like so many um, land what you, landmarks. <laughs> like, see the big pyramid, take a right, and then look for the. Well, there was there was a time we were looking because, like, you know, we we talk about vaping and stuff like that all the time. We were looking for a, a vape store because you know flavors are banned in Massachusetts and whatnot. And the, first off, the first like two we went to were basically shacks that had nothing in it. And we finally we found another one that was supposed to be decent, but the the map was way off from where it like actually was. We must have like circled around this the entire giant shopping center like three times on our lunch break trying to look for this thing. And I think that was a day we ended up pumping out like eighteen miles worth of walking or something like that. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah, we walked thirty thirty five thousand steps. Good lord. Crazy in the in the heat. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like during the day too. Oh or, yeah. Oh hell. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. like one oh one, I think, that day. Before before any of you guys say, Oh, it's a dry heat, like I don't care. It was triple digits. It was like, hot. Like being in a blast furnace. <laughs> yeah, but that's dry heat too. <laughs> exactly. Right? Uh, so speaking of Vegas, we'll, we'll, uh, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about that. So if you didn't know, uh, <laughs> the team flew out to, uh, uh, Vegas on, what we go on Thursday, Wednesday, Wednesday. Yes. Wednesday it started on Thursday. Uh, so we went out on Thursday uh, for what's known as DEFCON, um, uh, that happened between what was like Caesars, Flamingo and Horseshoe. And Link, right? And um, that's over at Harris too. Harris, yeah, some shit over there. Yeah, which is like, yeah, next to Washu. So the 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 basis of this, and if you really want to know more detail as far as like the real details to what this conference is, and we're going to talk about what our experience was, but if you really want to get into the details of what this conference is, if you're interested, and you want to go. Uh, it's every year. It's annual. This was the thirty first uh, DefCon. Um, bottom line is it's a, it's a conference about all things, hacking, hack relatable exploits. Um, you know, you name it that have to do with, uh, infosec, um, and cybersecurity. So it's a really, really interesting, uh, conference, especially for those people that are either knowledgeable enough to partake in some of the challenges, uh, and things that are going on there. Uh, or if you just want to go and listen to a lot of the, the talks, uh, you know, the, the talks are, are very informative. They give a lot of information on whatever topic it is that you're going there for. They like to like to caveat with the, you know, the the, the canned statement of uh, this is illegal. You shouldn't do this, but I'm going to tell you exactly how to do it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so it was it was a good time. Uh, but that's really the, the high level of what that conference is about uh, now. We'll tell you some of our experience. I don't know if anybody wants to go first and talk about anything uh, before I keep going. Or uh, Paul, Bro, it was hot. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of people. Yeah, was it fifty thousand plus? Yeah. They're, oh they, wow! So I'm a, before we get into like, <clears throat> excuse me, before we get into uh, any of the or all of the really good stuff that happened, let's just knock out all of the bad stuff, right? <laughs> It was hot. There's a lot of fucking people. And one of the nights we had to evacuate due to a bomb threat. So uh, there's that. Yeah. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, Paul, you want to tell the bomb threat story? You might as well talk about it now since you already broke the seal with it, right? Yeah. So, uh, uh, was it Saturday night? Yeah, Saturday so, night. Yeah. There was uh, they, there's a, a, a at DefCon they have different villages for things, right? So they have like a, a packet hacking village, you know, a, a AI village, stuff like that. Well, one of the nights because it's not. Villages don't have to be there every single day. One of the nicer is a village specifically for veterans. They call it VetCon. So they have their own badges uh, for it. Like this year, the badge was basically like a pack of crayons. So it was really catered towards the Marines like uh, like Little Chris. Um, so we ended up going to VetCon. And, you know, we're in line to pick up our badges that we had pre-ordered. It's a long-ass line. We end up getting up to be like three people back. And all of a sudden, the, the staff for DEFCON, they're called goons. A bunch of goons just start coming in, and one of these boys could fucking whistle. Oh, my God. I would not want to be friends with this guy in the real life if he was like, yo, watch this. He could whistle so fucking loud. Like, I mean, I'm talking, like, over the music and everything. You could hear this fucking whistle. Yeah. So he, he gets everybody's attention, and basically he's like, everybody out. We have to evacuate. And we're like, wait, what? And then, like, a whole, like, fleet of goons just start rolling in this room and they're like, everybody out. And we're like, the fuck is going on? So we end up getting outside, come to find out there was a fucking bomb threat or a, a, some sort of communicated threat. And on top of that, somebody also like set off a firework or something like that inside the building. So they had to evacuate the entirety of the Caesars forum where the threat was made, which included everybody that was there at, at VetCon at the time outside. And it was just... It was quite chaotic. And you have to, you know, also imagine you just got a bunch of veterans that are, you know, half of them at least kind of tipsy because they were getting free drinks at the bar at VetCon. And uh, yeah, it was yeah. it was interesting. Well, that was the yeah. worst part about it, right? Ah. We're, we're in line to get our badges and there was an open bar that we couldn't even get a drink from yet because they shut the shit down. Yeah, so... Those are the bad things that happened at <laughs> DEFCON. So did you make any good connection? Everyone, I'm sure, is dying to know. <laughs> so, so uh, uh, now again, the, the thing here is that there's there's a lot of people there. So they planned for between roughly 25 and, and 30,000 to show up because this is, I believe, the first year they did any kind of pre-registration where you could buy or register online prior to the event. Normally, it's just you do it there day of. Mm -hmm. um, so they only anticipated between twenty five and 30,000 showing up, and it ended up being uh, about 50,000 or a little over 50,000 showing up. So okay. it was it was very busy. We met a lot of different people. Um, for the most part, the people that you talk to there are all uh, very, very nice. They're very open and talking about you know what they do in the real world. You know what kind of what kind of skill sets they have and stuff like that. Uh, so I'm not going to say that that there was like one person that we met that is going to be like a holy shit. You got to get brought into the fold. But we met a lot of different people uh, with a lot of different backgrounds with a huge background of different skill sets uh, that that we can uh, that we can probably pretty easily be reaching out to in the future and, and collaborating with. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, and that's that's a that's a good point. That's that's key to this as well because because of the type of conference it is, it's not really like um like there's like a really important singular person or group of speakers or company or anything like that that we went there to seek out or make sure we made connections with the conversations. It was actually more about 
one, learning, right? Learning what these people, uh, if you've seen one of the tweets I put out, it was about uh, hacking wallets. Um, it was like learning about what these people that are uh, knowledgeable on the exploits, know certain things uh, to get around, whatever, uh, you know, picking up on that. So that way, as we build things, we have more of a inside, better knowledge rather than what you just read online of what happens. You're actually talking to those people that are actively doing this uh, daily, uh, whether it's maliciously or not. Um, you get a better uh, feel for it. And also, um, as everybody should know, that's at least been here for a little bit. And I know we've took down the business plan, but that will be going back up once we release all this information on Friday. Uh, so nice. We are still playing. Nothing has been removed from that business plan obviously we've had uh some some changes or some delays in certain things because of whatever it may be whether it's uh it's resource related whether it's financially um or not having the personnel or whatever it is at this time we're still moving forward with that the penetration testing portion of this company so it's important to make those connections so as we start beefing that up where where's the best place to find pen testers where's the best place to find that kind of thing well it's the people that are again uh, doing this type of thing day in and day out. Uh, so we really wanted to stop making those kind of connections. And we really did. Chris, Chris was, uh, he was on his game in the discords all the time, uh, in the messages, you know, uh, making a lot of good connections as well. Oh, that's awesome. That sounds good. Yeah. Like kind of a know your enemy thing too, you know, or get exactly. in their mind. Right. Well, and, uh, you have to imagine too, that with the amount of people that there that are there, not every single one of them are are expert hackers. Typically, the the average person that goes to to DefCon is somebody who is working in some sort of facet of of IT or IT security, uh, and they're there to either hone their skills, learn a new skill, or end up just meeting people that are also in the industry as well. So like when, when I say every, every aspect, you know, there's a, there's literally a village that's a lock picking village where you can go and they have vendors that are selling lock picking kits and you can sit there and practice unlocking locks. Uh, there, there's a ham radio village for, for anyone that really wants to get into like radio theory and, and stuff like that. Um, it, it ranges with, you know, all aspects, you know, one of the, the first talks we went to uh, on the first day was about, specifically about a lady who has uh, how many different implants did she have like 820 like, like, implants? like, yeah, like or... rfid implants magnets stuff like that <laughs> yes did they, talk under AI? did they what did they talk about quantum computers or quantum ai it was a quantum believe... village yeah yep it's very difficult to get to all of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we did some splitting up on, what was it, Saturday? Yep. Yeah, Saturday we did some splitting up, and I hit some of those. I hit the AI village. I went through the quantum. I went through uh, the, was it aeronautics? To the aeronautics village. Aerospace? Aerospace, yeah. Yep. Just to add on to what Paul said, uh, Hacking isn't just all software or like I'm going to break into this computer. There's hardware hacking. There's software, AI, all that. Social engineering. Social engineering. Um, I bring this up because, for example, the hardware hacking has a lot of things that can help Affinity in the future with some of the avenues that we want to take. 
because you need to be able to secure from hardware all the way up to uh, the output that the software is making. So just want to add that. Correct. Good call. It was, it was a lot of fun because, you know, and when you're looking at like the, um, the, the wallet hacking, uh, discussion that went up that Chris sent the picture of and, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm just going to take a, I'm going to take a breather. I'll, I'll be back in a minute. <laughs> It's like, it sounded like he was going to say, take a dump. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take some time. To oh, I got, that, I got that, that dry cough right now. It's, yeah, he doing nothing, man. I, I hadn't had COVID before. So now, like, I understand, like, the whole point of this, like, non-productive cough and how much it actually fucking sucks. It does, man. But uh, You need a hot toddy. <sighs> <sighs> what I need is to have not been... Walking around as much as we did, and then fucking crammed onto a flight that was delayed by two hours. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so the the cool thing about that hardware hacking uh, discussion that that came up that Chris posted about was um, just kind of the um, you know I guess the the depth of research that was conducted into it, and I think part of the reason that these people were successful in um, emulating, and I'd like to emphasize that that these guys emulated all of this. They didn't actively hack any people's wallets and stuff like that. Um, but they, they were able to emulate this mainly because of uh, software being open source. So there's kind of a catch 22 to it, right? Because if you make software proprietary and it's not open source like that, it's going to be difficult for someone to find an attack vector. Um, but at the same time, if they are able to basically kind of guess and find an attack vector and exploit it, it's a lot more difficult for them to really know exactly why something was able to work the way it did and kind of work with the creator of that content to secure it. So it was kind of interesting to see how that played back and forth. But basically what they were discussing doing is um, emulating being a nefarious party as part of a multi-signature wallet and being able to have full signature authority instead of having it be split, like is the whole point of the multi-signature wallet. And they really kind of took advantage of, I mean, Chris, yeah. you can comment on this too, but it was, it was some pretty fucking poor planning on the part of some of how these wallets worked. Like when, when they went back to the, the published paper uh, for the open source code about like, so we looked to see if, you know, X, Y, and Z was in part of this and, and they pull it up and it's like, it was not. So they were like, we very easily, like, I think there was, for one of them, it took them all of eight seconds to uh, to pass enough information between the two signing authorities and, and be able to forge the entire second person's signature authority and, and create the entire signature key. Um, yep. So it's, it, it's really informative in that sense, where you really kind of get to see from a different perspective how someone is looking for security exploits or for for attack vectors coming out of a particular product and granted you know that the discussion wasn't catered uh towards anything other than that sp that specific discussion was not catered towards anything uh, outside of the the multi-signature wallet function uh but it's you know it, it's one area where someone can say hey i i want to find a way to beat this system and i'm gonna do it and you know it, it took them a, a few weeks few months to to get everything down but they in every facet broke 
the multi-signature function of those types of wallets. And luckily, because they're not terrible dudes, they reached out to the vendors of that software and said, hey, look what we can do. You need to, here's what you need to fix type thing. And, and they fixed it and probably got some money for it. Oh, wow. So would you say that you feel more confident with, you know, Affinity products, armor, et cetera, seeing what these guys can do? Or did it give you any insight into little fixes or things or more security? So before, before that part gets answered, let me just tell you that as a person, you feel violated when you leave DEFCON, all right? I, I, I <laughs> have had my house robbed. I get it. <laughs> there, yeah, there's there's dudes, and of course, everyone's wearing badges and stuff like that, but like, it's it was actually funny. Day one, we were walking through the Link Promenade after, like, you know, looking around for lunch or something like that, and lo and behold, there's the dude that is, you know, walking around with a backpack on, face buried in his phone, and then you kind of look, and there's there's an antenna poking right out the top of his backpack. Oh, and you're like, wait a fucking minute. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm really glad my phone's in airplane mode right now. Cause what the fuck is this guy doing? But, um, it's not, not in the sense that it's, it's really, really, uh, scary. But when typically when you leave either a discussion or a village or, um, uh, a showcase or whenever they're, uh, doing demonstrations and stuff like that, whenever you leave there, the first thing you think is, okay, how am I fucking something up? Yeah. It's nor- normally the first thought that goes through your mind is, all right, how am I fucking that up? Um, and, and then you kind of either put puzzle pieces together and determine like, okay, no, we're, we're doing as much as we can. Or you kind of think that like, okay, maybe we need to look into X, Y, and Z as well. So for particularly for affinity products, you know, we didn't, sit there and raise our hand and be like, well, guess what? We have this product because that's just paying right. a target on our back and basically challenging these people that you don't want to challenge. Right. <laughs> you just want to be in the spotlight with them. <laughs> yeah, right. Because then we'll be in the spotlight for terrible reasons. But um, mm-hmm. walking away from it, when we when we think about it, like obviously, you know, there's nothing is is 100% secure. You know, I was, I was joking with, um, a guy that was there for DEF CON that was also there for the black hat convention right before DEF CON that works for the Singapore government as a penetration tester. And we were joking around and, and about like, you know, Hey, the only way to secure a system is to turn it off and never turn it back on. Uh, so, you know, nothing is ever 100% secure. We can sit here and, and say something like, Oh, well, you know, this and this and this, all three things have to happen um, in order for someone to be able to exploit your stuff. But those three things can happen. That's a, that's the thing. And there's a lot of different attack vectors for it. So it's not necessarily um, anything that was eye-opening that like is wrong with our products, but it definitely walking away from some of the topics that we were there for and then some of the people that we met, it gives you a more unique perspective on how you're going to build something with the security mindset to be able to overcome or not overlook some of those little things that really open up the attack vectors. So right, right. um just to say something uh that Paul said uh even turning it off you can you can still get attacked. I would just say unplugging it as a whole. Um, <laughs> yeah, but about armor, essentially, what makes armor so special is that it's stored in a smart contract. So even smart contracts they're not they're still exploitable, but it removes that private key factor. 
So when it comes to your wallet getting exploited, since it's in that smart contract and you need that NFT, it will essentially block out that malicious user if that NFT is not in that wallet. That's why we always say, move the NFT out that wallet. Yeah, and to, to more directly answer your question, I would say for our current products, namely Adapt and everything that's incorporated into Adapt, I would say, no, it didn't really make us say, take a step back and go, huh, maybe we should have done this differently or maybe we can do this differently because by nature, the way they're designed, there's not a whole lot somebody could do even if they were acting malicious. Um, maybe a couple things if they were really, really good, they could just make things a little bit more difficult uh, for us, but nothing that they could do really uh, to cause any havoc or cause anybody to lose any money or anything. Um, but like Paul said, obviously we don't want to challenge anybody at this point. There will be that time where we will be looking to challenge and make sure that, um, you know, everything is, is good to go mostly on our future products. Uh, but, uh, when we, when we were looking at all these different villages and all these different talks and, and some people might say, okay, well, really DEFCON's not about crypto, right? It's not about cryptocurrency, obviously cryptography itself, which is the baseline for crypto right when we say crypto everybody immediately thinks cryptocurrency but it's really short for crypt cryptography uh, which has been around in the it world for decades um, and had its own village exactly and it had its own village so there's you know it, it's cryptography is really what you want to focus on the most when you're dealing with that stuff it's not necessarily cryptocurrency because if you can understand how to secure and and lock down or exploit uh cryptography then you're light years ahead um, on how you can uh, do things on, on blockchains and, and crypto. But not only that, there's a lot of front end, obviously, right? With D apps, right? So there's this front end work that goes into it. So you got to make sure that um, just like with a website or any other, uh, you know, quote unquote, web two type thing, you want to make sure that you're learning and, and uh, getting the data on how those get exploited and how you can safeguard that stuff. And then even when you're looking at the network level, uh, again, with the, the, uh, was it the packet packet exploitation village um, packet capture packet capture like even to that level you're thinking all right well network it's it's blockchain what do you care about you know uh like network layer type things well when you're looking at nodes like validator nodes and and uh you know oracles and things like that they're communicating even your your wallet you, you connect your computer up or, or your, your phone it's communicating over wi-fi over a network over the internet uh, nodes and, and uh, oracles and shit like that doing the same thing, whether it's a VM or hardware, it's still communicating. It's still doing things. So you have to know how that's at risk and how to secure that as you're going forward. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <Yeah. laughs> I almost to myself there. <laughs> <laughs> that's good to hear that. Because, you know, you go to something like this and you see these people just cracking this and that and people's wallets open that you know you kind of feel to the the point as well part part of it is is going to always come back to the discussion at least within cryptocurrency a lot of that discussion is going to come back to centralized versus decentralized as well so when you have any kind of centralized repository of of information that you know one person has the the keys to everything you know that's uh uh that's a nice target for people when we have a decentralized fashion 
it's more difficult because now the target has to be on an individual basis, not necessarily an individual to get all the keys. But if I want this person's keys, I have to attack this person. So that's also where we have our comfort level when it comes to our, our products and keeping it decentralized because, you know, sure, even with adapt in general, there's a database, literally all the database does is relate a wallet address to a username with a profile picture. Um, yes, there's a little bit more that goes into with it, but, that is the main nuts and bolts of what our, our database is. We don't store keys. We don't store store anything. If we did, then obviously we would, we would be moving out of the realm of being uh, decentralized. And now that actually is a, a much juicier target for someone with malicious intent because it's, you know, a, a very small group of people between, you know, me and the, the two Chris's that hold the keys to that database that has all this really, really important information versus how it's set up now where the individual has its own signature authority. So now it, it not that we're necessarily deferring the security back to the individuals, but it really gets put back into their hands for whether or not they're going to use that, that uh, authorization to sign on a specific transaction. So, uh, that that did come up a little bit as well in the in the cryptography village. They actually had a uh, hacking decentralized life discussion that we went to. That's good. I mean, you guys are getting it's a good kind of a background to see when you are pen testing your own stuff to maybe some different sides of things you never thought of or. Well, yeah, that that, that perspective part, and I, th- I think I said it a couple of weeks before we went, where I, I said it was going to give us some different perspectives, and that, that's kind of part of it, because as the primary developers for it, you know, we can get tunnel vision on something, and we can say, well, it's supposed to work in this order, and it's supposed to do this, this, and this, and this. We might not necessarily see that there's a flaw in our logic as we're creating something and kind of getting just even a a mental reset, so to speak, by seeing how other people are interpreting what is public knowledge about particular products and how they're able to have that kind of creative thinking of, okay, well, if I was going to try to exploit it, you know, how would I do that and how would I be as successful as possible with it? And also, too, at what point do I give up? Because if, if you learn anything from something at DEF CON and, and all of the discussions and demonstrations they do is that uh, these people are are hell-bent yeah. on on getting to the finish line. Yes. I mean, absolutely hell-bent. I mean, I'm talking like the math that was involved uh, when they were, because they went very quickly as well. But the math that was involved with the multi-signature wallet hack, uh, it, it got to a point where they these guys were were running into a, a a brick wall before they had um like the final piece of innovation that really helped them across the finish line but they they just they went at it they did not give up at all you even had the the college kids from somewhere outside of Boston that uh found a way oh excuse me they call it the Boston infinite money glitch they found a way to reverse engineer the mass transit authority charlie cards the point where they could go spend 25 cents on a card and load it with up to like 300 some odd dollars and it worked from beginning to end uh, where they could just continually reload that card with money and then they can ride the, the Massachusetts Transit uh, systems for free for however long. Uh, they ended up going to the MTA and, and giving them all the info and showing them their research and whatnot and not going to jail, which is very good for them. Uh, but I mean, they, these guys went to the point where they went through they went through how many different RFID and NFC readers? Five, five like or six, right? 
Yeah, they went through five or six of these readers. They went through about six or seven iterations of the final device that, that could perform the, the, the actual function. And I mean, this was like almost a year in the making. And I, you know, it's it's usually funny because they, you know, people at DEF CON surprisingly like to show their failings. It's almost like a, a, a symbol of pride of how many times they failed yet in the end succeeded. Uh, so that that is definitely something that you take away from DEF CON as well, is just the, the sheer driving force and motivation behind these people to, to get to that, that goalpost type thing. Yep. And one, one other thing too that uh, is a big takeaway going back to the multi-signature piece is um, you know, they kind of brushed over it, but really that's, when you're looking at a central exchange, that's how their hot wallets work. They're multi-signature wallets. Right, that the signatures are held by whoever at the company. And that's kind of why they brought that up. And I remember he even mentioned that there was a couple of big exchanges that were, you know, basically exploitable that they identified. They didn't exploit them, obviously, but they, they identified that they were exploitable at the time. Um, not any longer because the fixes were implemented. But yeah, they, they uh, by infiltrating the one of the signatures, uh, which is which only holds a piece. Uh, they were able to acquire or could acquire, like Paul said, the entire uh, signature key and basically do whatever they wanted with the funds. In all central exchanges, all of their wallets, that's how they work. They're, they're multi-sig wallets. The hot wallets are multi-sig wallets. And they're, you know, obviously vulnerable to any kind of, uh, you know, not only attacks directly like that, but also uh, social engineering attacks. If somebody... Uh, is able to get, you know, uh, uh, signature keys from whoever, or if they, you know, involved in phishing, you know, if one person gets exploited in a phishing attack, right? Like you see those links come through emails, you see it all the time. People are like, oh, I clicked on a damn link, my wallet got drained. Well, if you're in a multi-sig situation, uh, yes, it's more secure because only one person out of all of them got exploited, so they can't drain it by that individual. But if you're in charge of a multi-sig and a central exchange of a hot wallet, that's a big deal. And that's and that makes it is what makes it that that juicy target as well is that you know even though it's it's multi sig and you're like well hey there's you know there's not one point of failure here we can you know this is more secure well, they just kind of proved that like that's that's a misconception because here's why <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that was that was one of the first things they said too they were like so what was the solution for a single single signature wallets right multi signature wallet no more single point of failure well guess what wrong. <laughs> Yeah. Where there's a will, there's a way. Yep. About that one guy you just mentioned, though, I will say that was that dude was boring. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, he was. Not not the, the multi sig wallet guy. The other one. No, that was the, the hacking just, decentralized life. Yeah, decentralized identity. Well, and and this is this is gonna this is a this is definitely a direct attack on somebody that's listening right now. But he was Canadian, so. Oh, that's true. That's right. I remember that. Um, he wouldn't be a bowler, would he? <laughs> I don't know, but no, this 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 dude, man, I would have much rather had a conversation with a brick wall. Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was the information. Uh, you know, it was it was viable information. It was good, but man, it, it sucked to listen to this guy. <laughs> yeah, that was, and his pictures were like. His the graphics he was using was terrible because he was trying to have like the old like eighties retro gaming type of font to go with it, 
But when you're in like a giant room and the projector screen really isn't that big for people that are anywhere near the back, like you actually can't read what's on there. <laughs> Poor uh, guy. He tried. <laughs> yep. Yep. But overall, I give my, my impression on that. And this is my second time going. I went, it was like seven, eight years ago. Um, but it was, it was great. It was a really good time. Uh, glad we went. I know we're uh, talking about um, next year. Already making plans, and we'll see how uh, that works out. You know, obviously by next year, uh, you know, we, we had some conversation amongst the team about trying to be more directly involved with the actual conference. But again, we'll see how that goes. We want to make sure we have products out and have things uh, secured, and you know, at a level where maybe we can get people to test things, hold contests, whatever. But again, we'll have to see how that pans out by next year. And we're going to try to not get COVID and again. Try not to get COVID. Yeah, stop that. <laughs> yeah, I will say. I will say though, I beat Vegas. I walked out of there two thousand dollars up. Nice. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. Good for you. And it was super lucky too. <laughs> Everything in Vegas is lucky, is it not? Poker, what were you playing? Slot machine. Oh, that's all. Man, when you start seeing that. <laughs> well, so that's the thing is I, the slot machines I like are the ones that have like the, the quick hits where, you know, like if three of them come up, you basically get your original bet back and stuff. And obviously, the more you get on there, the bigger the payout is. Uh, so I was talking with the Chris's about like my particular slot machine like strategy and how i play it and stuff like that and i i think that with the exception of at the end we were just bored and wanted to fucking leave and i just started throwing max bets i'm pretty sure i proved that my method given enough time you can walk out of there you know and have doubled your money with a pretty high probability but for this particular instance i was with us next time we go to the the hard rock then <laughs> <laughs> but uh so so i've has a system <laughs> It, I, yeah, it's, it's, everybody got a system till you go broke. <laughs> that's, that's true. That's true. But did, did I go broke? No. Uh, okay. this time. Uh, good for you. Good for you. Happy for you. <laughs> minus yeah, the- so, yeah, minus the COVID. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I wanted, I wanted Chris to teach me craps. So he went to like one of the electronic craps things and was kind of, showing me and, and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, like I kind of got it. And I was like, you know, this, this just ain't my game. Like I'm, I'm, I'm bored. I'm, I'm out. So I went over to a slot machine, threw a 20 in, uh, ended up getting like some, some little bonus games, printed a ticket worth $54, went to a different one, sat down and was, was spinning a couple of times on that one. And then Chris came over with his little ticket and he was showing me he was up and I'm like, hell yeah. And I think like three spins later, uh, 12 quick hits came up on the screen which is like the, the maximum payout. And so it, it ended up being uh, basically a spin worth like two grand. And I just kind of sat there and stared at the screen. And I looked at Chris and he had his mouth jaw, jaw to the floor. And I was like, yep, there we go. So I cashed out, took a picture of the screen, took about 2000 and we went right back to the hotel. Oh yeah. Stop by your head. Yeah. Yep. I, I held on to the cash long enough to basically flaunt cash to my wife via video chat the next morning. <laughs> and uh, then I went to one of the ATMs that accepts cash to deposit, and I deposited it, and that was done. Nice. Well, it's kind of a funny story that led up to that, too. Right? Uh, 
We don't know this about Paul. He don't really like crowds that much. And uh, so Chris- hate him. <laughs> D- don't like crowds is a fucking understatement. <laughs> fucking hate them. Yeah. So Chris comes up to us and he's like, "Hey, I was, I was, you know, in the socials. I don't know if it's Discord. I think or Reddit. It might have been a Reddit." And he's like, "Hey, there's this gathering of all the uh, all the DefCon uh, noobs, people that have you know first time going and shit like that. They're all gathering at this one particular bar." Uh, you know, if you guys want to check it out and kind of debating it and Paul really wasn't feeling it that much because, again, he's not really into the crowds. Uh, so we talked about it a little bit and we decided we're going to go anyway. And we went and there was a lot of freaking people there, a lot, a lot of people standing around talking and, and all Bro, this other no, shit. The, the, the confines of the bar were exceeded. The, yeah. air, the immediate bar area was already shoulder to shoulder and it was bleeding out of the bar. That is how busy it was. <laughs> yeah it was it was crazy um gonna leave immediately and and i was like nah let's just get one beer we'll have one beer uh you know what do you want get the beer we're sitting there and we ended up talking to this uh this other guy forget what his deal was uh but i remember you guys were talking to that guy where i walked up got the beer and then after the conversation that's when we ended up going over to the craps and and doing the uh the slot machine so uh, i was glad paul ended up coming out i'm sure he is at this point now too but uh, yeah, it was a, it was a. I mean, I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't need to win two grand if it meant that I didn't get COVID. You don't know. That's where you got it. Yeah, I, I mean, it could have been in that. Remember that? Was it? It was Saturday too, right? With that hallway, that was like yep. just nut to butt people. It was like you could not move. <laughs> it's crazy. That was a mental image. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was no. It was. It was. It was fucking busy. Yeah. There was that. I, I think it was Friday in particular when, like, so Thursday when you're there, day one. I'd say like sixty percent of the villages and stuff like that are are actually open for business and uh, and stuff. Stuff didn't really ramp up until Friday when like everybody was just full throttle. So Friday, that first day, everyone's trying to get the lay of the land, figure out what village is doing what. And it it led to, like, villages having lines where they couldn't let more people in. Um, Even the vendor vendor area, they fucked up when they opened the vendor area by not having a line. And it got to the point where it was was just packed, where you were standing in one spot of the vendor area for 15 minutes because you could not leave. Because it was basically just like a a wall of people coming in and a wall of people trying to go out and they're both trying to get past each other. But it was, it was so packed that nobody could move. Yeah. That's probably where I got it. Honestly. It sounds like, Hey, are you guys planning on being a vendor anywhere coming up? Or are you just going to go as minglers? We don't have anything coming up right now. Paul. I was I was gonna are you saying like specific to DEFCON or to, to any oh no just in anything I didn't know if maybe you guys were doing any more vendoring anywhere or just going to so know, and I, I hate to hate to be the guy that says you know wait for the news tomorrow but Friday Twitter space X spaces SpaceX whatever the fuck it is um, <laughs> space isn't far off right which exactly SpaceX was there too at DEFCON I was I was yes, underwhelmed with their their booth presentation, but uh, but 
there's there's going to be a lot of information coming out and i think that the ability to to showcase some of the stuff that will be coming out i think that there's definitely going to be a, a time and a place where we can uh show up somewhere as a vendor and have you know the uh, a featuring role in some sort of event uh but sure. i think that there's going to be a lot of stuff on the table that has to get done first and you'll kind of see more what i mean on on friday when we kind of release okay. that info well that's exciting yeah i won't ask you to divulge anything you're holding off for friday so cool. yeah and you know and i i know i'll say i'm cheap right but i know the whole the whole team is on board in the same mindset anyway but when it comes to like either going to traveling for conferences or doing anything like that um, we always really, really consider like, what is the value we're going to get out of it? Right. Not just, you know, something that we can post on social media and say, Hey, we're going to whatever the fuck conference. And, you know, they happen to have some crypto people there, but we're going to go hang out by the pool and, you know, drink beer and we'll show you'll send pictures. Um, we want to, we want to make it worthwhile, viable. We want to get our money's worth and we want to actually, uh, potentially get something out of it. And, Right now, there's nothing on the horizon that I see that I'm saying, hey, let's, you know, that any of us are saying, hey, let's, let's jump on this. Um, and not only that, but like, like Paul was saying, yeah, with the either being a vendor or, or being a uh, uh, participant in some way in some of the conferences, that's another thing too, right? Because that usually costs money to do that. Like when we went to um, uh, Utah, you know, we had to sponsor, we had to pay money to be there to set up a booth and all that other stuff. So yeah, when we do that, we want to make sure that it's it's definitely worthwhile. But absolutely, I would love to do that in the future. And it is something that I know at least Chris and I were talking about as well. Chris and I shared a room, by the way. Um, I didn't know that, but. Uh, <laughs> right. Right, Chris? Oh, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yes, yes. Make sure you can wow them. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I got feedback. That was weird. That was Chris. You unmuted. Chris is not sitting next to me, though, so I don't know where that came from. Well, we did. We did stop by in in the Link Promenade. There is a Razor store, so we were out there looking at some new stuff. So we can get Chris a a big boy microphone. There you go. <laughs> I was. I'll knock whatever conference I want. Oh, and I want. I'll go back in in the chat. I see it earlier, and I didn't address it, uh, Matt. Zanicki asked us if there was any uh, bathroom antics this time around. Uh, no, but we did frequent the bathroom quite a bit, huh, Paul? <laughs> yeah, gee, well, so, okay, yeah. So, again, and, and I, I, keep, and I keep saying, I said, I said it, uh, you know, right before we started when we were just talking with, with Tiff and Rob, but, like, it makes sense that I was coming down with COVID while I was out there with, like, how I was feeling and whatnot. Uh, but, again, triple-digit weather, walking fucking everywhere we i mean i think within within three days we had walked a marathon so we're mad hydrated me and the old man old man has an old man bladder i just have a little girl bladder so we're just having to take a piss every 20 fucking minutes <laughs> to the point where when we were flying out we we had like a cutoff time of like all right we're gonna stop drinking water yeah. here so that we don't have to piss on the flight <laughs> <clears throat> Yeah, it was a lot and of hydration. We, yeah. And even even after we landed, we picked up some Duncan and we didn't even make it all the way back to my house before we were like, oh, we got to stop and go to the bathroom. 
Well, speaking of bathroom antics, y'all still have to hear the poop cart story one time. Just say, well, what? let's do that right now. Yes, right now. Oh, God, we got time. <laughs> oh my God. We'll extend it if we need to. <laughs> okay. It's just, you know, how everybody's got sea stories, which we call them in the Navy, what have you, or whatnot. So when I was in the Navy, um, one of the worst jobs, especially like when you're a junior sailor. Pretty much everybody has to do this when you're on, uh, you know, when you're on planes or whatever. Any any kind of plane with size on it has got a bathroom on the plane. Well, somebody has to clean that out, and that was my least favorite job to do, as you can well imagine. This was the job that I just I couldn't stand doing it. I just I hated doing it. I would find contrive different ways to get out of this. Almost always, I would just disappear, like just not be there when they were handing that job out. Man, so, this guy got a pair of roller skates for his rating badge. I would go. I would go to great lengths, and I didn't always. It didn't always happen, but so inevitably come. <laughs> There would be a time when it happened. So it's a weekend. Now, I'm already mad because I'm working the weekend. The reason I'm working the weekend is because the reservists are doing their reservist time. And so I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm young. I did not want to be working on the weekend. And the reservist guy who was, I mean, he was high ranked than me for sure. And, the bird, you know, our bird lands comes in and got a service ahead, as they call it. And... <laughs> Officer goes like, get out there and do it, and I got mad because I'm like, you don't do nothing. Like, you just come in here to. You don't even come in here every time that it's up. Like, he'll do it like once or twice a year or something like that. So I got technically you can't. You you know, obviously you follow orders. Everybody's got follow orders, but there is this one little gotcha card, which is. If you tell them that you have not been trained correctly oh, yeah. on procedure <laughs> and you require training, you know, training demonstration right. for it. Someone got to show you. You have to, <laughs> they have to do it. It's legally, it's, it's in the rules. They are literally supposed to do it. Now they can, like you can't, you know, you, you can't just be using this all the time, obviously. And, I, and, and you do get a lot of shit for it. Like people give you the, like, why you do it. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you don't yeah. want to just do this. So, but I was like, like nobody else is around. This is also, this is Saturday afternoon. This is like, like the bird lands at like three o'clock and we're trying to get out of here. As soon as this bird is cleaned up and put to bed, we're, everybody's leaving for the day. Yep. And this is the, like pretty much the one last job, the one of them, and it is by far the worst one. So anyway, so I, you know, we were, I was very eager to not do this and to also to just get out of there. So anyway, he gets really mad at this, but so he, he's like, you know what your problem is? You're scared to get your hands dirty. It's like, come on out here. I'm going to, I'm going to train, give you some training. And so that, you know, he's giving me the whole litany the whole way out. He's like, you don't know the junior sailors and all that. And like, it was different back when he did this and that, whatever. So he's higher rank. He's, he's reservist. Mind you, he doesn't, he's not full-time but anyway so we get out there and basically what you have to do is like there's this cart which is about the size of like an ottoman for these reasonable set maybe like 
twice that size. It's like a little cart and it's got a giant hose on it and you hook the hose up to the back of the plane, right where the pooper would be actually. And you hook the hose up to this thing and it like siphons it all out or whatever. Let so it run. Anyway, he's like, all right, so you got to like get the valve lined up here. And the, the connection point is, you know, tricky to get it all lined up and like sealed up. Perfect. Yeah. So he's like, he's all, he's giving me the riot act. Like he's telling me what a crash sailor I am. And he's like, now when you want to hook this up here, you, you got to kind of just, you know, put some ass into it. And while he's doing this, like, you remember when Homer like kind of fades into the bushes? Yeah. I'm fading. I, I'm <laughs> telling you, I am. When he's, he starts to like really like struggle with this connection thing, I'm fading backwards. And he gives it one last final pop. And the thing, the, it's basically a cork. <laughs> the cork pops out of the plane. <laughs> And the hose is not connected. Oh my god! It's not. It will. I thought maybe what would happen would be like a stream or a spray or something, but it was like, and it was like a pop, really. And he tried to turn his head at the last second. But if you've ever seen like Two Face from Batman, like Dark Knight, <laughs> he got about like half of his face saved. But not oh, all of his face was safe. Fucking gross. And it was all over. It was all over his uniform. It was all over the ground. There was like these tiny little wads of toilet paper everywhere and peanuts everywhere and corn. <laughs> and he's laying on the ground and he's screaming about how he's got to get a hepatitis shot and and this and that and, and and he's just screaming at me and he's like do something do something and i'm like i don't want to get my hands dirty <laughs> and then i just went inside and left <laughs> and then <laughs> the next day so the, we had to work both days so we come in in the morning i was really no one called nothing no one was said nothing happened like i, I didn't know what was going to come out of this but we got the next morning the first thing we had to do is everybody in the whole squadron had to line up on on the flight deck and we got to do what's called fod walk day. you basically just spread your arms out and you just Walk the walk yeah. the area and look for any kind of trash or any kind of anything, and you just pick up any kind of rock or anything, yeah. anything that could get sucked up into the intake and and do any kind of damage, anything. So we get out there, and my first thing is I get as far at the very end, like as far away from the plane as possible because I don't know what has happened. I certainly didn't clean anything up. There's <laughs> a huge gigantic mess that I did not address, and I have no idea what was going on. I just left. So all down and the, the skipper, the, the, all the officers do this too. Like it's not just the juniors. So the skipper is not too far from where I'm at. And we start walking and all of a sudden I hear the skipper, the skipper stops and he's looking over at the plane and he's like, why is there so many seagulls and raccoons? <laughs> underneath the back of the plane 
Ain't nobody cleaned that up. <laughs> nobody did nothing. And I just, again, Homer, I just faded back away into the thing. Because the dude who was where it happened to, he wasn't there the next day. There was no, I don't know what happened. To Probably him. had a breakdown. Or <laughs> that, boy, that boy went straight to medical. He was, oh, he, he went to, I'm sure he was in all kinds of medical, getting all kinds. I don't know. I, I Homer faded out of that, this, the, the whole conversation. But he was just, I couldn't hear the skipper screaming, why are there seagulls and raccoons underneath my plane? What is going on? Like he's screaming at somebody. He's like, where is the chief? Like, get the, get me the chief out. Like he's getting really mad. Like I'm out of here. I don't, I don't have any like notion of what's coming down for this. And that was enough. That was one that I actually dodged. I was not able to yeah. dodge everything, but that was a, that was a, a nice dodge for me. And, there you go. There's my uh, one of one of my one of my sea stories. So there you go. <laughs> so so basically, let me let me get this recap correctly. So what what year did you like? Uh, did you go to Great Lakes? Uh, two thousand two. So we're looking at okay. Years okay. Ago yeah. I'm just making. I'm. I only ask because I'm making sure I get the paperwork part of it right. So basically, you went to this dude and he was like, "Yo, I just need a signature on my JQR. I can't do this yet." <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I, it wasn't even that. It, it was. It was definitely no paperwork. It was just a straight up. I'm not doing this until you train me on it. Because, and he could have probably gone in and like complained to the chief, but then the chief would have given him shit. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you can't train. You can't keep your dude in line. You got to come here and get me to come make him do it. You know what I mean? So I knew he wasn't going to do that. So oh, no, I, absolutely. My, my only thing is, I was going to be when this guy was was on the ground writhing in fecal matter and yelling about a hepatitis shot i would have i would have i would have picked that moment to be like so does this mean you're not gonna sign my my final qualification (laughs) on jqr like no no i just i just left i'm like i'm not dealing with this i'm not i I don't I don't know what this. I didn't get any training on any of that cleanup. No, I don't know what's gonna happen. The only thing I knew about, and even remotely about it, was one time a, the, the the guy that was my favorite dude in the whole place because he was. I, I would have been the worst sailor in that squadron if not for the one dude who was one notch below me and he caught all the shit but anyway he flipped the cart like he was driving that cart after he had serviced the plane and he was driving too fast and turned too quick and he flipped it and the thing broke it flipped off the the little trailer and it broke open on the deck and they had to call like the base to come with a big hazmat truck with the guys in suits and oh my god huge like paperwork problem with that and he got a gigantic problems with that i was glad to again this was the dude i was like oh thank you thank you for being here buddy because you like by compared to you i'm up for promotion i'm ready for i'm i am i'm actually advancing thank you thank you i got nice nice promotion Damn, so there so, you go so rather than leaving somebody wallowing in their own shit you let somebody wallowing in somebody else's shit and it was the, no. it was a long flight, buddy. They were just coming in from overseas, like they had flown, oh. and they were they're coming oh from Europe. Oh my god! Yeah, it was a long one, and nobody services it. They stop in lodges or whatever, like halfway across. Nobody services it. It's like a double full. It was not good. The only way that could have gone better is if you like 
overheard conversation from people getting off the plane before the, the cleanup operation started and they was talking like bro I blew that fucking thing up I was almost, <laughs> almost fucking my stomach up on it's that like, flight like, so them nachos. Not a, of a commercial airline this thing is like a it's a glorified porta potty with a curtain <laughs> it's not good like you don't want to be in this or on around it it was, smelled so vile it never smelled clean I hated it I hated it that was like my worst part of the whole thing i liked almost everything else that we got to do it was pretty cool but that was not fun and i hated that the day rob escaped hepe <laughs> yes I escaped. I escaped i was so glad i was fading back because the cloud around him was pretty significant so <laughs> oh man you ever look that dude up I don't know whatever happened to him. I, I never saw him come because he was a reservist, so he could pick and choose. And it was uh, I. It just never came across him again. Oh, Man, social social yeah. media is a lot bigger probably than it was it. in 2002. You should look that cat up. See how he's doing. <laughs> Honestly, he might not have made it. You, have, you know, you have to leave work of... with shit on your face. You don't come back. that's not not the kind of thing i mean come on you know his boys are like busting his chops about it every (laughs) chance they get like you can't can't keep it quiet that's probably why he didn't come back he didn't want people clowning on him oh yeah as it was it got out and they were calling him poopy i heard that (laughs) oh man what's great about this story too is so we 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 broadcast on dv radio which is a, a veteran uh, network and uh, he's going to be doing the editing to our show uh, if he's not listening right now he'll listen to it eventually he's going to clip that story he's going to do it he's going to repeat it so somebody somewhere that guy probably is going to listen to this you're going to get, you like, get invited on to Eric's talk yeah. <laughs> oh yeah throw it up there yeah that's definitely it fits in everybody's everybody who served has their share of these type stories so yeah. I got my share of them too <laughs> Wait, but my, my question is is okay so we got we got four veterans in here right now do we does anyone not have a, a war story that has to deal with poop because i'm pretty sure all of us do <laughs> right like that's just kind of a given for when you get one of these stories in the military is is one of them is always surrounding poop it does seem to be a pattern <laughs> uh yeah i got yeah i guess i do i mean you don't gotta go into detail but you gotta poop one I mean, it just it just came down to it was after hours, just a bunch of us drinking and, and a friend of mine uh, really needed to go. And we were in the woods. And so he just took a shit in the woods and used his sock. A poop story. Yeah. Oh. yeah he used his socks. <laughs> I, saw, I remember coming back to the barracks one time and there was a sign on the door that said the, from the supply guy said, we're out of toilet paper. Ha ha ha. Use a sock, which I <laughs> Amazingly hilarious at the time. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm the one who got Scott mad, mad stories. Wait, you don't think going to, pooping in the woods is normal? That's just part of Marine training. Yeah, I'm Air Force, bro. Or was Air Force? Yeah, we have to use lead. Oh, I mean, there's a uh, in Marine, Marine combat training, they don't give you toilet paper. So, they give you a training book, though. Oh, gosh. This again. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, you got to use the 8 by 5 by 11 training book. <laughs> okay. Probably the best use of a, tra- of a military training book I've ever heard. All right. I do have a puke story, though. 
<laughs> oh, come on, son. <laughs> save right. that for next time. All right, all right. All right, we'll save it for next time. Anybody else got any story? Anything else you want to share before we uh, wrap up this week's uh, Affinity Protocol? Yeah, I, just, I, I, got, I got one thing I got to say about Vegas because me and Will Chris had a conversation about some some stuff out in Vegas that lessons learned. Um, yeah. If you decide to go to Vegas and you have a child <laughs> under the age of two, let that motherfucker go to bed at a decent fucking hour, right? <laughs> Please don't be pushing him around in a stroller at 10, 30, 11, midnight along the strip while it's still 90 degrees out and they just kind of halfway sweating passed out in a fucking stroller you're drunkenly pushing around like just be a better <laughs> parent please god damn that was that happened way too many times oh yeah yep and then they get on the plane all cranky right oh yeah because that didn't happen at all you guys were way close mad close to that were we closer than you i thought it was closer closer to you Oh, I don't know. It was so fucking loud. Yeah. Well, and them headphones didn't take care of. But also, try not to get COVID if you go out there. Or anyway, it seems like inevitable. Though. Like I knew it was going to happen. I was expecting all of us, or at least most of us, and we'll find out tomorrow again um, if I end up getting hit with it. But yeah, I mean, I was like, all right, that many people this these days, it's it's almost inevitable. <laughs> But all right, on that note, uh, we will just, even if you don't got any stories, I do want to uh, just give everybody one last opportunity. I want to, uh, you know, thank Tiff and Rob for joining us uh, this week for the show. Uh, it was fun. Thanks for having us. Thanks, y'all. Absolutely. Uh, did you have anything else you want to add before we, before we break? Anything at all? Uh, <laughs> not for the show. <laughs> All right, perfect. And, and Rob, you might have, I don't know, we'll have to listen back. You might have uh, filled them shoes and maybe we got something there. Maybe we can clip something and we can ask it. You heard that whole poop story. I'll give you, I'll give you I know I heard it, but I don't know. I'm trying to think of one specific thing. I, I, I'll give you the next story. It'll be when I set off the alarm at Air Force One. So that was, that was nice. a different time. <laughs> nice. Oh, we got to get this guy on Barrick's talk. I have a memorable quote, though. I feel like I heard one in like oh, okay. the event. Yeah, that's what we'll do. We'll reach out to you for uh, Bo's always looking for additional veterans staff for Barracks Talk. That happens on Saturday nights at, at 8. Uh, so we'll reach out to you for that. Try to get you on that. You get to all the veteran stories you want. Love it. They'll love it. Nice. Cool. Especially yeah. poop stories. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got to hear other Chris's puke story now, too. Yep. Bring it all on there. All right. Well, on that note, then uh, we're going to wrap up this week. Thanks to everybody for coming out and listening. For those of you that are going to catch the recording or are listening to the recording, you can catch all of the Affinity Protocol episodes on Podbean. <coughs> and I believe he said it's now on, um, uh, I know it's on Apple, and I believe it's on, Shit, help me out, the big music streaming platform. Spotify. Spotify, thank you. Um, <laughs> still got brain fog from the travel. Uh, so yeah, check it out on, on your favorite podcast listening uh, platform. And don't forget, this Friday is Affinity Friday. Lots and lots and lots of information going to come out. 
Um, we're going to talk about it, it, all of it in as much detail as possible. We're going to have lots of questions. I'm sure I'll hopefully uh, we're going to have lots of questions. Again, I want to remind people that I know I put it in Telegram, uh, but for those of you that are listening or listening later, I want to remind you that this this Friday, we are not going, we're going to break away from our usual. We're not going to do like games and all that afterwards uh, because we anticipate this space uh, to be much longer, but we are going to likely move into Discord after the space. And that way we can have more of an open discussion back and forth um, on everything and allow people to, to kind of uh, uh, discuss everything then. And then the following weekend, which is right around, give or take a couple days from our actual anniversary or birthday, whatever you want to call it, of two years of affinity being around uh, and established. So that's when we're going to do pretty much primarily the games and have some fun uh, and do uh, whatever it is that we want to do. And that'll either be Friday or Saturday. We haven't quite decided yet. We'll see how the chips fall. Uh, but we'll let everybody know. So keep that in mind. This next Friday is going to be a little bit out of the norm, uh, but don't miss it. Uh, 8.30 p.m. Eastern time on Twitter. Uh, be there. Uh, all right. With that, thanks, everybody. Thanks to DV Radio for all they do and everybody out there, part of Affinity. We'll see you next thanks, time. Thanks. Thanks, Tiff. Hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. Goodbye.